And good evening, everyone. Uh, Chuck Morse here, the Morse Force. Normally, I do the program at noon, but I'm doing a couple of extra type uh, programs today. Let's see. Um, I'm also going live on uh, on YouTube and Facebook simultaneously. There it is. And I want to talk a little bit about Social Security, only because, uh, as as my regular listeners know, I'm a uh, I drive Uber and Lyft. That's how I make my living, you know, and I love doing it. And sometimes the um, the Uber and Lyft experience, it's almost like a confessional. People tell me a lot of things. They can tell me everything in a sense. And um, I have some very substantial conversations with people. I happen to have a young woman in the car yesterday who um, she happened to be black American. She was a, a high-level uh, government employee. She was no friend of President Trump's, by the way. And she works at a pretty high-level job in the Social Security office in Boston. So naturally, my my um, curiosity was piqued. What's going on inside the Social Security office? And the, she's very, very uh, talkative. And in the course of the conversation, she revealed to me several things that indicate what's wrong with Social Security because Boston is a microcosm, most likely, of the nation. Um, she said, first of all, the social security system is going broke. And the reason it's going broke is not because of people who paid into the system who want to collect their legitimate social security, which you as a working person are entitled to. You know, you pay into that system. Every time you get a, a paycheck, you take a look at the paycheck and you see how much money is taken out in, in for the Social Security Administration. It's also the fact that your employer pays into that system for you. They have to have matching funds. So that's private money. That is your money. It's your private employer's money or your government employer's money, whichever the case may be, that is paying into that system your entire working life. It's an annuity, and you are entitled to every last cent of it. We could have a great conversation of whether or not it should be privatized. I actually think that it could partially be privatized, and you would probably end up getting more money, and you'd get, um, you could then have your heirs inherit that money when you pass along, and what a way to reduce poverty in this country and able to apply the money to you. But the fact is, let's, for the sake of argument, let's say the Social Security remains, the system remains as it is. You know, Trying to get rid of a system like that is, you know, that's that's tilting at windmills. It's like getting rid of the IRS. It's never going to happen. Not in my lifetime, not in yours. But given the system that we have, this young woman pointed out to me that the problem is not the Social Security itself. The problem is the SSI and SSDI. Now, those programs were established in the late 1940s. I mean, the Roosevelt administration established the Social Security system, I think, in 1935. Those came later, and what they were supposed to do, and what they do to a large extent, is they cover people with disabilities, and they draw the funds from the Social Security Administration. And that, in and of itself, is is fine and appropriate. If somebody is disabled, if they can no longer work, if they can no longer function, then it is a right and humane policy to have a means by which they can be supported. We don't want those people 
you know, starving and, and, and not being taken care of. I think that this great country, we can do that and we can do it. I mean, again, I would like to see it done through a private modality, but this is a system we have. We pay for it. It's our money. It's not the government's money. Social security is not welfare. But that's where the problem arises. And that is that in the SSI and SSDI system, which is the healthcare aspect of Social Security, there is an enormous amount of both fraud and also legal fraud. Now, by fraud, and by the way, this young woman in my car, her job was to try to discover that fraud and to, to stop it. And she says it's overwhelming. That's people who are just out-out crooks. They're scamming the system. But the legal fraud is almost worse because what that is involves the expansion of the definition of what a disability is. You know, people are making claims for disability with using their children, saying that their child has ADD or dyslexia. You know, their child is, has a mental illness. They call it crazy money on the street. Alcoholism has become a disability. I mean, the, the list of disabilities has ex been expanded by people who really want to turn it into a welfare system. You know, left-wingers who want to put everyone on a, give everybody a paycheck to the point where it's now rife with fraud. You have people who are collecting disability who really have no right to do so. Now, I happen to know people who have done this. I'm sure that my listeners right now very well may know people who have done this or who are doing it. <clears throat> they are setting it up so that they can get money under the pretext that they have a, quote, disability. And in some cases, it's not necessarily their fault. The government has given them it, you know. The government comes, bangs your door down and says, hey, come on down. I got money for you. You know, you, you, you'll, you may open the door and take the money. That doesn't make it right. But the problem is with the government. Why are they offering these benefits? Well, the fact of the matter is that those benefits are what's breaking the system. And it's going to go bankrupt. And it's creating, you know, large numbers of people who are frauds, who, who are just, you know, who are layabouts. So they're not really, they can work. They're able-bodied, but they're trying to get money for themselves. And they're trying to, in many cases, use their children as a means of getting more money out of the government. And it's, it's a lot more money than what they paid in. Now, ultimately, the Social Security very well may be more money than you paid in if you live a long time and if you retire and you collect it, but that's how annuities work. You're entitled to it. You're entitled to every last cent of it. And so the, the solution given the system that we have, which is the social security system to saving the system, making the system more solvent. One solution is to come up with new rules regarding what is a disability and then proceeding to remove from the roles people who are not disabled. Now, that may sound cruel, but no, not at all. These are people who are, again, are able-bodied and who are defrauding the system. They are, they are not worthy of, of collecting. They're not truly needy. They're not, as Reagan would have said, they're not, they don't, they, they don't deserve that money. They, they, they need to get out and work. And obviously with an economy improving and with 
tax cuts and with a, a deregulation of certain industries and with a repatriation of funds overseas in the form of corporate tax cuts and with more tight um, immigration policies, America is much more of a an economic powerhouse that can begin to offer opportunity to people to then um, become gainfully employed. Now, there are other issues as well. I mean, we could talk about the, the currency and how to improve that. That's another question that would make it more inducive to working people. But I want to stick right now with the Social Security problem. Now, I just want to end it by, by pointing out that there's a more fundamental question involved in Social Security, and that is that there is no money in the trust fund. That was borrowed in the 1960s by the Johnson administration, which decided that in order to pay for the war on Vietnam, for the war on poverty, they would bond that system. They would, they would, in other words, they borrow from it and replace it with bonded debt. And so the result is that the, the system was raided. There's no money in it. When you pay into it out of your paycheck, it doesn't go into a Social Security trust fund. That's actually a myth. It goes directly into the U.S. Treasury, which then uses the money partially to pay off the bonds that were created so the government could borrow that money and partially just to put in the pockets of our government and its bureaucrats. In the election of uh, 1990, Al Gore rightfully brought up one issue that he, he should be proud of, and that was to create a lockbox around Social Security. Uh, you know, Saturday Night Live made a lot of fun of it, the lockbox, you know, that kind of thing. But but he was right. There has to be a separation so that monies that go into the Social Security Trust Fund are not looted by the government, but they stay there collecting interest, and they are there to then disperse to recipients, deserving recipients of those funds. That hasn't happened. It is nothing more than debt like everything else in the government. And on top of that, we're burdened with the fraud that has existed both in outright fraud and also by liberals who have expanded the definition of things like, like um, you know, disability. So those are my thoughts on Social Security this afternoon, and I want to thank you for joining me.